From the FSU College of Law, I'm Alva Striplin. And I'm Jeff Kahn. The greatest legal minds in Florida and around the country have come from the FSU College of Law, and they're not just arguing cases in a courtroom. From heading up multi-million dollar companies and state agencies to advising on financial ventures and mergers that are changing the business landscape in Florida, these FSU College alums are Taking taking care care of of business. Today's guest is the general counsel for the Florida Department of Financial Services and a 2016 graduate of the Florida State University College of Law. We welcome to the show Michael Dobson. Hi, Alva. Thank you so much for having so me. I'm so glad you're here. We've had such a fun time talking already this morning. I, I We're going to have to segue into some new material here. So so let's go back. We've been talking more recent stuff um, kind of off the air. So let's go back a little bit and talk about Michael as a young child. Oh, wow. No, not that far. Okay. <laughs> So how did you get to FSU Law School? I got to FSU Law School um, because early on when I was like in high school, I made the decision that I wanted to be involved in government and politics. And I was not interested at all in D.C. Even when I was like 18, I was like, eh. I want to go someplace where things happen. But you wanted politics, but not D.C. I wanted politics, but not D.C. Okay. Um, And... I love Florida. Okay. Really love Florida. Where are you from? Tallahassee. Oh, you grew up here. I grew up here. I did not know this. So I grew up here. I like it here. <laughs> I wanted to stay here and I wanted to do politics. So, um, you know, I had a plan kind of early on, uh, but that, but I tested that plan, which is key. Okay. You got to test your plan. And so, you know, I was like, all right, I'm going to go to FSU and then, um, you know, I'll I didn't know, you know, in high school I was going to go to FSU for law school, but I was like, going to FSU seems like it makes sense because the capital's here and the people are here. Um, and so when I was in undergrad, I did a number of um, internships, work experience, whatever, part-time work. I worked at Legal Services in North Florida, which is a good thing for any young lawyer to do. Um, not that I was a lawyer then. Uh, I worked at a couple of lobbying firms, you know, helping out temporary during session kind of mm-hmm. thing in undergrad. And then when I got to law school, well, when I was towards the end of undergrad and I was applying to law schools, um, it was the recession, right? Uh, and I was pretty cutthroat about cost and what's my ROI for doing this? Mm-hmm. Um, and there are a number of websites out there that you can use to look at, all right, like what's the all in, you know, room board costs, uh, what's the average, you know, income of these graduates on the way out at what rate do they pass the bar. Um, and you know, I think anybody who is considering law school needs to be absolutely cutthroat about what's my ROI for doing this. Mm-hmm. Cause it's three years. You can't work full time. Um, it's at least one year where you can't work at all. Right. Thanks to the ABA. And uh, it's not cheap. So if you're going to do it, you know, you need to be worried or not worried, but you need to be conscious of that ROI. Absolutely. And uh, when you look around Florida State University Law School, when you look at costs and you look at rankings compared to other schools, it is I don't know if there's a better deal out there. We have, we have heard this um, from that, that and work-life balance, quality, quality education-life balance. Right. Um, but the but the the cost benefit here is 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 the, really good. It, it's super high. Yeah. It's super super high. And and you're absolutely right to mention 
work-life balance isn't the right. No, it's not. But well-being, they're concerned well-being, about well-being. And, yeah. and I had visited some other law schools and, um, and was looking at some out-of-state places and places down south. And a lot of these schools, to me, had an autocratic culture. Mm. You know, like you're a 1L, like you're not going to get in to see the dean. You know, that's not for 1Ls. Or, you know, you're going to do this journal and you're going to do this moot court or mock trial or whatever. And like, this is the pathway here. And even during the first visit to FSU while I was an undergrad and, and you know, maybe didn't have a full appreciation for where I, want, where I wanted to go all the way, I recognized enough that FSU was a place where you could forge your own path. Mm-hmm. And for me, who wanted to do um, government affairs and, 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 and work in the government, I kind of considered myself a non-typical um, law student, or at least my path was going to be non-typical. Not going to be a litigator. No, I your... wanted to work up here on the hill yeah. uh, in in the Capitol, you know, and and I did that. So, anyways, I um, I kind of got the impression that FSU was a place where you could forge your own path, and it was a good deal. Okay, all right. <laughs> and then being co-located here. Okay, so yeah. first job out of law school was first job out of law school was staff counsel to the Ways and Means Committee in the House of okay. Representatives here okay. at the Florida Legislature. And um, so that was the tax side of things. But I would be remiss to skip over while I was in law school, because the Capitol is right up the street. Um, I got to work for the House's um, very well-regarded fellowship program. Mm. So they will hire FSU law students. They'll hire students from, from, from any mm-hmm. graduate school, actually, in, in Florida. And... Um, that program paid for some tuition, and I got to work two sessions, you know, up here for a committee. I worked for the Appropriations Committee, mm-hmm. and that experience was invaluable. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't get that in a different city. No, no. You get to see where the sausage is made, exactly. for for better or for worse. Well, <laughs> it worked out for you. You stayed with it, but you did take a little stint at Dean Mead, right? That's right, okay. yes. So let's talk about that. So do, was that part of the plan? Did it fall in your lap? I, um, it fell on my lap is the short answer. And I wanted to, you know, at some point I wanted to get to a firm. Um, and I, and I think that experience is important because I think most lawyers practice in firms. And if you're going to be a lawyer, you want to kind of have that perspective. I think it's helpful, especially if you're a government lawyer, mm-hmm. because obviously we interact a lot with lawyers on the outside. And I just, I think it's valuable to have that private sector experience. Um, but I got that job uh, with Dean Mead through one of my adjuncts. So Pete Dunbar teaches condo and HOA law mm-hmm. here at the law school, and it's an excellent course. So I took that class, and uh, he's managing partner at the Dean Mead law firm here at the time he was. And um, so I got a summer clerkship while studying for the bar. I was working out at Dean Mead. Um, and then after I, you know, did my time with the, the Ways and Means Committee, they had a need. And mm-hmm. so they called. And all of that started with an adjunct class here. So what kind of work did you do when you were at Dean Mead? I did uh, real property litigation, okay. generally, uh, with a heavy emphasis on condo and HOA. And it's kind of funny because you never know how experiences are going to come back around to help you. Right. So, so I, I worked at Dean Mead for two and a half years um, and then the CFO's office called and I went there and I thought, oh, helpful to know about 
um, condo law, but that was a nice self-contained adventure. And now I'm on to different things in public finance and Department of Financial Services. Well, then a condo building falls down in Surfside. And the CFO is the state fire marshal. And we have a role in ensuring that insurance companies take care of people like they should. So I ended up spending, um, I think, about five days, all told, down at Surfside Mm -hmm. uh, because it was condo law Mm -hmm. and insurance that Mm -hmm. came together. And so you never know how these different little things that you do or whatever are actually, you know, and you might think, oh, well, this isn't going to be really related to a whole lot, but you never know how these things are going to come back. Was it just devastating to see, to be there? It was, yes. Yes. Yes, is the short answer. And, you know, we all see a lot of things on the news, and sometimes that can honestly be a little desensitizing, which is tough. Right, but to be in person, to, be to stand in, person, in front To of that be building. down there, that's right. Mm-hmm. And, and you had some insurance companies who were like, you know, uh, for instance, there was a bunch of cars in the garage. Well, well we want VIN numbers if we're going to pay. Well, y'all, there's, you know, 300 tons of concrete on top of those cars. We're not wow. getting VIN numbers. and But I'm very pleased to say that all of the insurers involved uh, were, were very, very good partners. And everybody um, pretty much got paid out. Uh, certainly all the contents policies on, on the building, the condo, mm-hmm. all those got paid at policy limits. Um, and, the, and the car owners were made whole as well. So let's say you're a, you're a law student now and you're listening to this or you're thinking about law school and, and you really don't understand state government. What, sure. what is that? So let's talk a little bit about your role now Great. and how your experience from law school and maybe even your years at Dean Mead contributed to this space that maybe you did or didn't know existed. Yeah, um, hugely contributed. And so law school to me is super powerful because it teaches you how to go find the information. You know, when you come out, I think for the most part, most students are very well equipped to go locate an answer. The time spent, the Ways and Means Committee and the time spent at Dean Mead really taught me to think creatively to solve legal problems, right? Which is slightly different than going and getting just what's the right answer. Um, and to me, that's where lawyers provide value to their clients is where you can use the creative part of your brain to deliver a solution that maybe other folks didn't see or weren't aware of. Um, so my time at, well, I guess you asked, what do I do now? Mm-hmm. So um, about day in the life of Michael Dobson. Day in the life of Michael Dobson as GC. general counsel for the Department of Financial Services. So you start? did you start in a different position? This is a recent position for you. That's right. And so what did you start and how did you move up? Kind yes. of just, you know, so generally. I started off uh, in an executive attorney position. I think they call it a senior executive attorney. But I was assisting the general counsel um, with legal work for um, for the department and especially for the CFO's plaza office. So, and CFO is, for those people who may not know. Yes, of course. Uh, the chief financial officer of Florida, Mr. Jimmy Patronis, okay. is one of our four cabinet members. Okay. Um, and so uh, he's a statewide elected official. And uh, our, div- our department was created by combining several other state agencies back in the early 2000s. In 2003, I believe, there was a constitutional amendment that created the Department of Financial Services. Okay. Um, What all agencies were swept in? We've got uh, the Comptroller's Office, the um, Treasurer's Office, and pieces of what used to be the Department of Insurance. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So the CFO, along with the attorney general and the governor, make up what's called the Financial Services Commission. The Financial Services Commission sits over the Office of Financial Regulation, which regulates banks, and the Office of Insurance Regulation, which does your primary regulation of insurance companies in terms of rates, forms, you know, what can they put in their contract they hand to a consumer, that mm -hmm. sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So there's obviously a heavy element of um, financial services that we do. <laughs> Um, but the department has a crazy broad portfolio of work. And uh, in my opinion, it's sort of a result of, you know, a constitutional amendment creating you. Mm -hmm. So we've got the um, Office of State Fire Marshal. We do unclaimed property. So if you've got old bank accounts and stuff like that, we'll return it to you. Um, we've got the Division of Accounting and Auditing, which is sort of the comptroller functions. Um, we've got the Division of Treasury, which manages the state's money. We generate... Um, I'm pleased to say billions of dollars a year in free cash flow for taxpayers by investing the checkbook, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, and we've got some really excellent, uh, a team of actually female traders um, who during the uh, kind of craziness in the markets during COVID made some really, really key plays mm -hmm. that generated billions of dollars in value nice. for so Florida. How many attorneys are working for you in this department? Sure. So um, in the Office of General Counsel, which I oversee, um, right now we've got about 40 attorneys. Okay. Yeah. And then trickle down from there. Are there more in the agencies, kind um, of in the sections below that? Mo no, we keep the attorneys in OGC. Okay. Some of them have their offices physically located in the divisions, right? So they can kind of work really, really close together. But but they're all in the Office of General Counsel. The department, though, is huge. I mean, we've got over 2,000 employees. We've got um, hundreds of thousands of licensees. And, and we touch a lot of Floridians every year. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, it's a very customer service oriented sort of department. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, people may be listening to this going, I don't really know that I really don't understand that. But everyone has insurance. That's right. Everyone. That's right. Everyone has a bank or some kind of financial institution. That's right. And they all have laws that they have to follow right. to protect the consumer. That's and right. you're involved in all of that. I think it's amazing what goes on behind the scenes. And oh, we're yeah. so fortunate here at Florida State University. I mean, we can look out our window and see the Capitol and all of that is swirling in there and it's coming out and it's affecting our public every day. In fact, just recently we had a special session specific only to insurance yes now i know that was to ask what came out of that session it, it that that's probably a much that's a whole nother episode um but in a nutshell what what is something really impactful that came out that that maybe people are not aware of sure yet? so um florida was the only state in the country that says uh and we're, we're taught property insurance okay right so mm -hmm. homes businesses that mm -hmm. sort of thing. condos condos mm -hmm. yes exactly florida is the only state in the country where our building code required that once your roof is damaged 25%, you got to replace the entire thing. Um, now, I don't know how many other places in law, I don't think there's any, that say when something is only partially damaged, you must do a complete replacement. I mean, that is a very, in my opinion, heavy-handed kind of top-down approach. Mm -hmm. There are professional roofers out there. There are professional contractors. They ought to be able to look at a roof and tell you whether or not it needs to be replaced. And so one of the very key things that came out of that session was increasing that threshold uh, from 25% damage to 50% damage, which is in line with other states. 
um, and how they handle it. And it is going to very significantly change the way inter- insurance companies interact with the homeowner and with replacing roofs um, and will hopefully uh, provide some relief to us um, in the form of rates. Okay, because I would imagine there might have been a little fraud there with some roof repair. If people come look at it and say, oh, yeah, you're definitely at at 25%. We need to replace this roof. Precisely. Particularly if all the evidence ends up rolled up in a dumpster, you know, (laughs) and, and, you know, is off the landfill. It's kind of hard for DFS to get in there and and figure out what what the deal was. So, yes, there there is a fraud element as well. Interesting. So many things y'all do touch every person out there. I can't even, it's really, it's really hard to imagine. Um, So let's ask if you had one piece of advice to young lawyer, young, I would say maybe even somebody still in law school um, about their career, they're not sure what they want to do, or maybe they're specifically, they definitely know what, what, what would you tell them? What would you share with them? I would share with them, especially if you're in law school, you owe it to yourself to get a diverse uh, collection of work experiences so you can find out what you want to do. You owe that to yourself, absolutely. I mean, if you've made it to law school, then you've invested a significant amount of time and money in entering a particular profession. And uh, you know, I know there's a lot of people out there who have JDs who don't practice, but you need to go find out what that non-practicing might look like for you. And, and, and you really ought to Take advantage of the fact, particularly if you're an FSU student, you got all these state agencies here. Pretty much every statewide law firm has an office here because of all the government stuff going on. Um, you have a number of associations that are here, um, and you really should, and obviously PD um, and the prosecutor's office, but go get the internship. Go Even if it's unpaid, it's going to provide you with a lot of value. And in today's job market, <laughs> you might not have to take something on pay. Exactly, exactly. That sounds like great advice. Well, let's move into our last series, uh, Think Fast. There's just a little bit little bit quick questions and answers to get to know Michael just a little bit more. Uh, how do you take your coffee? Cream only. Cream only? Yes. Do you drink a lot of coffee? I do. I do like you? it cold, too. Okay, okay. Cold with cream. Uh, okay. In the morning, do you drink yes. it co- cold as well? Is that a summertime thing? Pretty much it's a year-round thing. If it's really cold, I'll drink a cup of hot coffee. Okay. But cold coffee uh, with cream. Any favorite place in Tallahassee to stop? Get it? Lucky Goat. Oh, I knew it. (laughs) If you don't know about Lucky Goat, Southern Pecan, now you know. Southern Pecan all the way. The Hawaiian hazelnut, I don't know if you've had it. I haven't. I'm not a huge hazelnut fan, but I will say it's pretty good. If you're going to Lucky Goat, it's going to be. It's all good. It's all good. Okay. Um, What's one movie you could watch over and over? You just love it. If it's on, you sit down, you're just drawn in. Saving Private Ryan. Oh, my gosh. That all right, you knew this one immediately. Like these aren't—I didn't share these questions with you. No, you didn't. You Saving didn't. Private but it's—it's it's wonderful filmmaking. We just watched it the other night. Tom, still lit. It's still—I mean, it's old, but it's still such a good story. Yeah. When the general tells him go out there, and he's like, "Do what it takes. Get in there and save. Find him. Right. Find this kid right. because of his mother." Right. Oh, okay, that was a great one. That's a good choice. I like that. Okay, um, what's one habit you wish you could break? Habit I wish I could break is um, perhaps you're not as fast on the on the answer with this. I'm one. not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to put this delicately. Should I ask your wife? For my very Maybe large. I call yeah, she she'd tell you. Um, no, I think I've got a habit of holding on to work for myself a little bit, 
And um, the reality is when you're in a general counsel role, there is too much work for you to try to do it all yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so moving from that kind of in any ways, but transitioning in this role is a, is a, a learning experience in terms of you've got to be able to delegate. I totally see that. And I think a lot of people have that um, issue. I know I did from moving from the doer to the to the you you have too much to do all yourself. Right. You have to delegate. Yes, you do. And when you're a controlling person and you're kind of that type A, well, I'm going to do it. It's going to be right. I'm going to get it done. I know I'll meet my deadlines. That's not a good leader. It's not. It's not. And it's, it's not. really hard. It's so hard because it's like, that's what got you here. It's <laughs> Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, I did it myself, and I knew it was right. And Just give it to me. Right. Just exactly. Me. Exactly. Know, it's easier, but but you're right. You can't you can't do that. You can't. And you're, you're, you're almost training these young individuals, young attorneys maybe in your space. That's right. To become, you know, a better lawyer. That's a right. A better person. That's and right. And sharing your experience with them. I feel you on that one. Yeah. I do. Um, let's see. Morning person or night owl? Night owl. Are you a night owl? I am. You stay up? I do. Okay. I tend to go for walks later in the evening, and yeah, I just I kind of have a okay later schedule. I think we're either born you're just born that way, or either just one or the other. I think that's right. Cause you I've can't always <laughs> yeah, I've sort of always been that way. <laughs> Not me. I'm lights out nine o'clock. Good for you. But five thirty a.m. wide awake. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah, it's a curse. I can't help it. All right. Um, last question. Um, think back. This is something I asked the students. I have not asked any um, any faculty or alums, but I'm, I'm going to hit you with this one. Hit me with it. So for our students, we asked, what was your go-to article of clothing for law school? Ooh. And we've had some really good answers. And I have not asked any alum, but I'm going to ask you because I'm feeling it today. All right. Well, I'm recent enough, I suppose. You are, <laughs> that was another reason. I'm like, it wasn't that long ago. So what was your go-to article of clothing for law school? All right. This is a little embarrassing. Okay. But now that's I'm, why you asked, that's right? Why I you asked, didn't right? want, like, oh, I have a T-shirt I really like. <laughs> Um, I told you I love the state of Florida, mm-hmm. and I had some shorts with the state of Florida flag on it. Really? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like big, or you mean like little little flags all over? No, one they big, were flag. All big flag. One big flag. And do you still own these shorts? I do not. Kristen, my wife, you you? put them down. <laughs> they were taken out back and unceremoniously disposed of. If I do say so myself. This is a great. You may have risen to the top of the stack there with that answer. Wow. I mean, yeah, we had some good ones, but not as good as that. Because I'm picturing this in my mind. Florida it's, shorts. It's pretty impressive. It was a thing. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, well, it's something. <laughs> Michael, this has been so great. I really enjoyed having you on today. Thank you so much. I had so much fun being here. Thank you. All right. This podcast made possible by a generous donation from Jeff and Aggie Stoops. Special thanks to FSU College of Law's Professor Sean Barron for creating our theme music. 